missionaries serving around the globe, both in church planning and in scripture translation for the deaf peoples. Right now we're in West Africa where we're working with five different sign languages, five different deaf people groups to emphasize church planning and scripture translation for these deaf peoples. We wanted to come to you today and say thank you, Southern Baptists, for the efforts to support us in prayer, for the gifts that you give, and for the other ways that you provide support for us every day of the year. And so we are grateful to you for all that you do. Thank you.
Let you boys and girls. Most times, over the last 11 years, I've lost track of the first people the first five years after I retired from the Go out and worship 
And if you remember, Pharaoh was previously refused to let him go. Scripture says that he hardened his heart. And on several occasions, it repeats that, that Pharaoh hardened his heart. In fact, four times, it says Pharaoh hardened his heart. And then after that, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. In other words, there came a time when Pharaoh crossed the line, and then God said, "That's enough." And so Pharaoh's heart was hardened. But this encounter that Moses had with Pharaoh is a picture of our encounter with our enemy, the devil. There's so many pictures of Christ in this text. Now, Egypt is a picture of the world system that rejects God. Pharaoh is a picture of the devil. He, in his relationship with the children of Israel, uh, is a picture of the, what the devil desires to do to the church and to you as individual believers. Peter put it this way, that he walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And the children of Israel are a picture of God taking his people out of the land of bondage and slavery, redeeming them through the blood of the Passover lamb, and leading them into the wilderness. So it is a beautiful picture. Now the seven plagues, uh, I'm sorry, the nine plagues that are in uh, Exodus 8, 9, and 10, there's one other plague that's uh, in, the, in chapter 12, that's the that the slaughter of the killing of the firstborn in the Passover, and we're not get to that today, but that's another something I want to understand. But those ten plagues were really not just random plagues, something that Moses just thought up uh, for God to do, but they were directed against the gods of Egypt. You see, Egypt was a very religious country. They had a God for everything. They worshipped the Nile River because the Nile River, when it would overflow its banks, would bring, uh, would bring fertility to the land and they would be able to grow crops. They worshipped the God Ra, R-A, which is the God of the sun. And, and, and so God sent blood to the Nile to show that Yahweh was greater than their God of the Nile. And God sent darkness to show that Yahweh was stronger than their God, Ra, the God of the Son. Uh, and all, every, every one of the plagues, if you can trace them and study them, every one of them was an attack on these false gods. Now, whenever we come to a text, and let me just read the text for you before I, uh, I'm so completely interrupted myself here. In uh, Exodus chapter 8, verse 25, it says, then call Pharaoh called for Moses. Now, when is the then? Well, it's after the plague of the blood in the end of chapter 7. It's after the plague of the frogs in the opening of chapter 8. It's after the plague of the lice, uh, uh, in, and it's after the plague of the flies. So they've already had four plagues. And so Pharaoh uh, is beginning to get desperate. And so Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Go sacrifice to your God 
in the land. And Moses said, It is not right to do so, that we would be sacrificing the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. If we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, then they will stone us. We will go three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God. Now, I want you to notice, and if you're an underliner of your Bible, underline the phrase at the end of verse 25, in the land. Yes, in the land. Now, now go down to uh, verse 28. So Pharaoh said, I will let you go, that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away. Intercede for me. Now notice the phrase. You shall not go very far away. Now the first compromise was you can sacrifice, but you stay here. You stay in the land. When that failed, he, you know, he, he, he kind of loosened the chain a little bit and said, Okay, I will agree to let you go, but you won't, I won't let you go very far. Now, look at chapter 10. Chapter 10, beginning in verse 8. So Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh. Now, this is after the boils. And after the uh, uh, the hail, and after the locusts. So you see, God just keeps giving one plague after another. Finally, <laughs> Pharaoh says, okay, it's really getting desperate now. So in chapter 10, verse 8, so Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh, and he said to them, go serve the Lord your God, and then he said, Who are the ones that are going? And Moses said, We will go with our young and our old and our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds, we will go. For we must hold a feast to the Lord. Then he said to them, Pharaoh said to them, The Lord had better be with you when I let you and your little ones go. Beware, for evil is ahead of you. Not so. Go now, you who are men, and serve the Lord. If that is what you desire, and they were driven out from presence. Underline the phrase, men. Men. You can go you who are men and serve the Lord. First compromise, but it's not. Second compromise, go but don't go far. Third compromise, well, I'll let the men go. But you got to leave your wives and your children. Chapter 10, verse 19. Now, this is after 
the garden of the law was a big God in this the God of the sun. And in this plague of darkness, so dark you couldn't see anything, in that sense, it was an attempt to the sun. Law can't do anything about the darkness that God was So he's proving the superiority of the God of Israel over the God of Egypt. And so this darkness got to Pharaoh. And it says in verse 24, Then Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go serve the Lord, only let your flocks and your herds be kept dry. Let your little ones also go with you. But Moses said, You must also give sacrifice and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock also shall go with us. Not a hoot, not a hoot shall be left behind. For we must take some of them to serve the Lord our God. And even we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. But the Lord pardoned Pharaoh's Four compromises, four subtle, seductive suggestions that Pharaoh made to Moses are the same four offers that our enemy, the devil, offers to us today. Now let me see if I can just unpackage those four compromises quickly this morning. The first one is what I call the compromise of religion without reality. The compromise of religion without reality. Pharaoh essentially said, we will be happy to add Yahweh to our pantheon of already existing beings. We'll be glad for you just to join us in our acknowledgement of all of these other gods. Just add Yahweh among them. You can worship, but you worship right here. And, and basically, what, what he's saying is that then we've got hundreds of other gods, and so your god will just fit right in. That's essentially, uh, they were essentially saying that our god is as good as your god, so you just stay here, but don't change. Don't change your location, don't change anything else. And Moses' reply was a recognition of how this was a setup. For Moses said, the moment we do that, you Egyptians will stone us because you hate shepherds, you hate sheep, and when we start offering blood sacrifices, then you're going to come and stone So that's just the ploy that Pharaoh was setting up. He said, Pharaoh was suggesting to them, you can have religion, but just don't, just don't, uh, uh, just don't change anything. Just keep on doing what you're doing. Now, can I tell you this? The devil loves religion. I don't like religion. My 
Bible professors get that information. Dr. James Travis refused to let the Bible department of Green Mountain Christian University be called as a partner of the university. He insisted that we call a department of business itself. Listen, there's all the world's difference between religion and Christianity. Religion, can I tell you, is the heavenly way to go to heaven. The world is filled with religious people who don't have a clue about God, about the true God. You see, the devil doesn't mind at all after you do religious but the world and he can teach you to turn it into a relationship with Jesus Christ. The devil loves Jesus. He has much or just the same someone go to hell in a church as in the devil. He doesn't care. So the first temptation was to get on the money to live. So just go, go to fall on the second compromise is to do the compromise of reality without exception. He said, you can tell me to leave, and I'll let you go just a little bit, but God does He said that, don't be a fanatic about it. So the devil was in heaven and having just the most religious curiosity. He said, don't go to sex. I don't mind you being religious, but just don't. I don't mind you being religious, but, but just don't go over it. Don't become a fanatic. A fanatic is a person who takes a whole lot of information out of It's all right to get the church in the church. But the other thing that I You see, Satan wants to keep it together. He wants to keep it together. He wants to keep it together. He wants to keep it together. Of all, I've got to discover that you 
have a cry in church. Because it's such a cry in church. It's a good thing. So the man is going to be Well, you know, I, I've been good all my life, and I'm just going to be good. So he told me, he's good for me. He said, you know, I have been a good person for the first of my life. He said, I've got three children, two boys and girls, one of them is a pastor. Our daughter is a nurse. She spends most of her time working with the disenfranchised and the poor in the inner city. She said, I've been an elder in my church for most of all of my adult life, and I love my pastor and all of his ministry. He said, I work with the Salvation Army there at the church. He said, I'm a banker, and he said, I give 20% of my income. He said, not just that, he said, I also provide housing for the poor who work into our bank to help those who can't afford housing. He said, uh, I give anonymously, he said, I, I give an education and I own to our facility. He said, uh, I support a number of missionaries. So I built a hospital in the city. About that time, he kind of looked over the time to see me and said, I'm not going to come. I'm going to see you later. That's one time. Is that what you're saying? So, God, have mercy! Satan doesn't like it. He doesn't like it when we begin to be cheap. And, and, and he 
see, one of, one of Satan's biggest joys is when he can divide happiness. He said, you men can go, but you leave your women and your children behind. Can I tell you this, the devil hates and he's doing everything in our culture today to destroy things. I'm so thankful that we have this biblical service how God intended the Sabbath to be. He said, Men, it's all right for you to be religious, but you don't bother about your Sabbath. He said, you can go, but leave your children behind. He used to say this, and I'm quoting him. He said, oh Lord, I will not stand before you I wonder if there are parents who would say today, Lord, I don't want to go to heaven without my children. I just don't want to give that up. If you've got a prodigal out there, a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter, let me give you a You keep one of It's amazing. You keep one of You say, I, I don't want to go to heaven without them. You, you keep praying for them. You keep loving them and blessing them. Forward, he could say, I don't want to go to heaven without my children. So he gives it a little. Uh, one of my deacons is a young man who pastor throughout his pastor. He was really the first bona fide Christian in this shadow of sharecroppers that had ever been in that church in person. He was a wonderful man. God was I was in my office one day. He called me and said, Pastor, he said, I've got a minister coming to you and I'm busy. And I wonder if I could just email you, you could tell me about my situation. I've got a couple of very serious problems for you. I wonder if there was a teenager who would say, I don't want to go to heaven without my family. I wonder if there's a Sunday school teacher out here today that would say, I don't want to go to heaven. Thank you. 
You see what he says? Verses 24 through 26. He says, You can come. You can go worship me. I'll even let your wives and your children go with you. But he says, You leave your livestock. He says, All right. You can influence your family. But leave your stuff. You see, again, that was a flaw because Pharaoh knew that if they left their stuff, they couldn't even sacrifice. If they don't have the animals, they can't make sacrifices to Yahweh. So he knows that he's going to defeat their worship by that very by that very provision or lack of provision. And you see, I wonder today if that's not a subtle temptation that Satan has to sneak in there and say, Oh, okay. I may be tempted to leave. I may be watched to leave. I may be tempted to leave. He won't talk to them. You can go to the Worship God. Oh, Sunday, but don't be a fanatic. Don't be one of these folks that think half your life to come to church. We are going. We're going all the way. And we're going all the way with everybody. We're going. We're going all the way. We're going all the way with everybody. We're not content to stay here. We're not content to stay where we are, what we are, spiritually. We don't want to 
become so accustomed to Egypt that we get settled down here in the world. And, and we are not afraid of being different. We're not afraid of being called a fanatic. Hey, we watch some of the football teams today. See some of the gear they wear. If, if they can get all painted up and dressed up and bear the cold without any shirt on for a football game, surely you We're going all the way. We're going all the way. Who is it you know that you love that you don't want to leave behind in Egypt? Who is it that you know that you're praying for to be saved? Is it your children or your grandchildren? Is it your co-worker or your friends? Go, but don't go too far. Don't be a Thank you. 
Thank you. 